This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Dashran Johan. Pendatang is a movie strip set in a dystopian Malaysia in which the different races are not allowed to mix because of a draconian segregation law. Now, listening to that, you might be both intrigued and wondering how on earth a movie like this is going to be made in Malaysia without strict regressive censorship laws. Well, Kuman Pictures is aiming for this to be the first fully crowdfunded movie in Malaysia, and they also aim to release the film on YouTube for free. So joining me on the show today to discuss this is Amir Mohammad, he's the founder of Kuman Pictures, and Ng Ken Kin, the director of the film. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you ah, for thank having you. us. Um, Amir, uh, let's start with you, right? This film is titled Pendatang, but before we talk about the film itself, I want to talk about the word in and of itself. When you hear the word pendatang within Malaysian context, what do you think of? What does it mean to you? I think it's normally used as a slur to show, to show that some people have less right to be here and less uh, and should therefore have less say. Uh, I think that's the context in which I associate it in a Malaysian context. I, mm. I don't think it's usually meant as a compliment. Absolutely. And Ken Ken, what about you? Yeah, I think Malaysia is, is, is actually full of pandatang or immigrant, which by right is a neutral term, but somehow along the way, it has just changed the meaning to a yeah. more negative one, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hone in on this film, right? Amir, um, what is this film pandatang all about? Well, it started off as a script, which we received uh, three years ago uh, from mm-hmm. a very talented screenwriter named Lim Bun Siang. And, and uh, he wrote it uh, for our contest, actually. We had a script writing contest. And um, it was a very strong, it is a very strong thriller uh, set in a kind of an alternate Malaysia. Right. Um, not necessarily futuristic, but set now. But imagine something traumatic happened a few years ago which changed the way Malaysia is uh, run, uh, in which in this alternate Malaysia, people of different races are not allowed to mix. Uh, They're not allowed to be in the same place. So everybody is off in their own like new villages, you know, that kind of concept. Uh, So the story starts when a Chinese family moves into their new house, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, which is obviously the area, you know, sort of earmarked for them. Uh, and in the house, they find a scared Malay girl. Uh, she could have been left behind uh, while, while the rest of the Malay families there moved out. So the dilemma of this family is what should they do to her? Should they kill right. her? Or should they try and smuggle her to safety? Because there's a heavy penalty uh, if they are found with this uh, girl. So that's the premise. So. And that starts off very early. Uh, that that scene of discovering her happens very early, and uh, the rest is a suspenseful journey to find out what will happen. Absolutely, and and I read the the synopsis a little bit, and it, and it's a very intriguing concept. Um, what you have here, and I'm wondering, um, Amir, would you do you imagine this film to be sort of a a dystopian uh, reality of Malaysia? Because um, when I was reading the synopsis, there were things like, you know, it centers around things like Segregation Act, there are militant groups, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, yes, it is a dystopian thriller, definitely. Ken, Ken I want to ask you, right? You're the director of the film. How would you 
categorize the the genre? I mean, Amir said it's a dystopian thriller, but I'm wondering, um, is it the kind of film that is a, a sort of larger than life, a fantasy take on on this uh, political subject, or or is it a, a more very grounded, gritty, serious sort of drama and thriller? I think we'll be going for the latter, which mm-hmm. is the more grounded and gritty thriller uh, genre because that's how the script is written. And also, I think ultimately with the with the kind of scale we are looking at, uh, that is more definitely more doable than a, like, a full-fledged sci-fi uh, version of it. Because mm-hmm. actually the... the, the Actually, the, the, the script is uh, written very, uh, uh, it's really grounded all, mm-hmm. all the characters and the, and the surrounding. So I think uh, this is a good place to start for, for putting like everyday people like you and me to be in the same room with them. I think it should be suitable for, for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Mm, perhaps the, the only thing that, uh, that, that would take into consideration would be the the, the action sequences and how violent they would be. Right. So actually, I, w- I was thinking about this particular... Uh, uh, I was thinking about this uh, particularly about uh, the, the other day where like h- how much is enough to, to tell the story in terms right. of violence. Like, do I want it to make it too gory that will like uh, entertain the adult but at the same time uh, like limiting the, the younger audience or should I be like make it a more balanced... Uh, where the whole family can enjoy. I think at uh, at, at the moment I am leaning towards uh, the latter. Right, right. So, so Ken, I want to ask you, right? Uh, what's the, this film is based on on the script by Lim Bun Siang, right? Um, and it was written, I think, uh, during the twenty nineteen script writing contest. Um, what when when you read the script by Lim Bun Siang, what was it that that is that intrigued you so much? What was the selling? Um, whether it's a line, it's a paragraph, it's a scene, or or just the themes, or maybe the way he wrote the script. What was it that made you go, I must direct this film? Like, no matter what, like, I need to get my hands on this. I think it's, it's everything that you mentioned, from the theme uh, to the way uh, it is written, uh, that is uh, more action-based uh, and not too, too many, like, pitchy uh, scenes lecturing people uh, of, of, of this of that so so that is that is what in, uh, intrigued me of those uh, those things that that somehow you you when, when you watch it you won't you don't feel like you are sitting through a, a, a PSA right. it's more like you're sitting through like you're, you're going to uh, through this journey with a family right right and Amir what about you um what is it about the script that made you go I need to produce this um, firstly, because I just found it very entertaining. Um, mm. Because there are scripts that you know purport to be about heavy issues, uh, but then it's often told through very clunky kind of dialogue. Right. Whereas here, what I liked about it is that the pace just never lets up. Uh, you know, we don't we don't rest, uh, and we uh, empathize with all the characters actually, and uh, we each want the best for them. And we also recognize also in the villains um, how they could have got that way um, because probably we know people like that. Uh, probably we know people who, uh, you know, take advantage of uh, any kinds of strife uh, and they want to exploit it. 
So we see it fleshed out in very uh, human form. So that's what I like about it. Of course, they're heroes and villains, uh, but also uh, they felt very relatable, I think. Uh, and and that, that was what intrigued me. And I just wanted to know how what would happen next, which is the first sign of a good script. Uh, when you finish a page, you want to go to the next page. That's right. already a, a very... What's the inspiration behind this film? I, I don't know if whether you've talked to um, Lim Bun Siang about this. Um, what sort of sparked the interest behind this, this idea? I did discuss this with him and mm-hmm. he said that one of the incidents that sparked it was the Lao Yet uh, unrest of right. 2014, 2015. So when he saw that and he was shocked by how easily... Uh, you know, a kind of a non-incident really can be blown out of all proportion and everybody wants to have a say and everybody wants to shout. And of course, we saw how opportunistic some politicians at that time were. Mm-hmm. And some of these politicians have since uh, gone up the ladder when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Malaysian politics, right? Right. Uh, so, um, so he said he first thought of it then, uh, but then even when he was writing it, he thought, Oh, this will be hard to produce. Nobody will produce it. Nobody will take a chance on it. But he wrote it anyway because it's something he wanted to get off his chest. Right. So talk to me and a little. To Kata, yes. um, I don't think it's mentioned in the synopsis, but what triggers this uh, segregation act is actually mm-hmm. kind of a road rage incident where it's it's a very small incident. It just involves a few people, but because of the media and because of social media and because of you know, very opportunistic uh, kind of uh, bullies and and uh, and all. Uh, so that issue became a nationwide catastrophe. Yeah, right. And Ken Ken, was there like uh, themes um, in the script that that spoke to you on a very personal level? I I think what what was what's interesting here is this script can be adapted to to any culture to any country. Right. Because because its uh its theme is is very universal, which is humanity. Mm-hmm. But it's it's extra interesting when it's applied in Malaysia. So so we we suddenly we uh suddenly we recognize a lot of familiar re- relatable characters like Ami mentioned. Right. And 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 therefore I am I am I am very confident that as as I was reading it, I was like, man, you know, like I am pretty sure that. Any Malaysian anywhere in the world would want to like watch this film because it's something that we have never done before, uh, team wise, and this is a great opportunity when when Kuman Pictures uh, uh offered it to me, and initially I, I, I was ready, I was quite hesitant because I know that if you're gonna like go through the the usual way of of producing it, it'll be very hard to get it off the ground. But we explore the when we explore the the idea of crowdfunding, then it suddenly just opens up the whole thing, which I think is uh, now is definitely gonna be achievable to make this film. Right now, both of y'all mentioned something interesting, and that is being unsure at one point whether it's the scriptwriter, you know, whether this film is gonna get off the ground. Uh, Amir, earlier you mentioned that you know even uh, you know Lim Bun wrote the script and he was like nobody's gonna produce this. Why? Mm, I think uh, the main thing is that we rarely tackle this sort of topic to begin with. Right. Uh, 
racism and racial extremism. Mm -hmm. So there's no telling how it will be uh, handled because uh, our censorship board can be quite unpredictable. Uh, something that's Absolutely. okay for one it becomes not okay for another film. So we have seen some examples before where, you know, they would cut certain things or they would uh, not approve of certain things and you would wonder like, oh, how come? Um, so if we want to go far back to, for example, something like Spinning Gassing, which was in 2000, mm -hmm. uh, that one was, you know, it almost got banned. And because when you look at Spinning Gassing now, it's quite innocuous, right? It's like, right. yeah, a Chinese guy, you got the Malay girl and then, Sometimes they talk about race and he doesn't want to convert and all that. But it was seen as something that is also explosive. Uh, it's like challenging Malay uh, hegemony or whatever. So you never know how people will react. So that was the impression I got after finishing it. I thought for me, myself, there was nothing uh, problematic about the script. It doesn't uphold a kind of a racialist agenda. It doesn't... Right. Um, doesn't try to champion any particular race. Uh, so I think maybe that's what people will find. <laughs> it's like, oh, how come you're saying the villain can be anybody? It's like, you know, right. how come right. the hero can be anybody? So whereas I think that's the whole point, the villains and the heroes can be anybody. So whoever wants to exploit division and make money from it and get power from it, uh, you are the villain. Uh, and whoever is denied their humanity and you know who's not treated uh, the way they should be treated as an equal, then they are you know they're the the underdog uh, in that situation. So I think that's the thing. And of course, because it's set in quite a realistic kind of context, each member of uh, the this community, many of them will have like prejudices against another. They will say, yeah, of course they would do that because they are like this, and they would say it plainly the way we say it plainly when we talk about uh, race. Um, right. Because we talk about it in an uncensored way. So that in itself, you know, if you were to bleep out those things, it sort of lessens the power because it's like, uh, you know, nobody speaks in this kind of, especially when you talk amongst friends or amongst your family, everybody has this kind of prejudices. Some of them we inherit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this movie makes it plain, like, oh yes, people do think some people in this community would think this about another community, that kind of thing. On the show with me today is Amir Mohammad, producer of the film Pendatang, and Ng Ken Kin, the director of the film. After the break, I asked them why they're choosing to release the movie on YouTube for free. Keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Amir Mohammad, producer of the film Pendatang and Ng Ken Kin, the director of the film. And that's what we are talking about today. So let's talk about the whole release of the film and so on and so forth, right? Because as I understand, the film will be released on YouTube for free. Why YouTube? Why free? Why uh, instead of releasing it or instead of, you know, releasing it on the big screens? Because when you release on the big screen, you need to go through several hoops, uh, bureaucratic hoops, right. uh, including including the censorship board. So it may end up compromising the product uh, by the time it comes out. So we thought a YouTube release uh, would be the best way to make sure it is filmed the way it is written. Um, right. And also 
why free? Because because this movie is being done through crowdfunding, and crowdfunding is still very new in Malaysia. Uh, so we wanted to sort of reassure people that this is not a commercial product. It's not like we're asking you to give us money and then we make a profit. Because in that case, if, it, if that's the case, we wouldn't ask for crowdfunders. We would ask for investors. So that is two different things. Right. So and, with two, two different expectations. Yeah. And, and that's what I wanted to ask next. Why crowdfunding? For people who, who may not understand, um, you know, why crowdfunding? What do you think crowdfunding in, in particular will achieve that asking, let's say, investors a little bit, a bigger production company and, and so on and so forth? Even if you didn't want to release it in cinemas, right? Um, or if you wanted to release it in YouTube or any other online uh, space, why crowdfunding? Uh, because if you approach an investor, you know you only need to prove one thing to them, or rather, to to persuade them of of one thing, which is that oh, this thing will make a profit for you. Right. Uh, that's it. Stop. Right. Whereas uh, for this film, profit motive is not our motive at all. We saw it as a Malaysian story. Mm-hmm. that should be seen by all Malaysians, uh, regardless of whether you can afford to go to cinema or you can afford to have a streaming subscription, uh, you know, uh, paying monthly to a stream, streaming service. Um, so we wanted it to be as access, accessible as possible. So we thought for this project, crowdfunding is kind of ideal because many Malaysians are very skeptical when it comes to the movie industry. We think, like, oh, only this kind of movies get made. So it becomes such a cliche. People think that, oh, of course, if it's a Malaysian movie, it has to be about rempet, has to be about hantu. Uh, <laughs> of course, it's not all that, but there is that stigma already. Absolutely. So, this is a small way of saying that, yeah, if you think all Malaysian movies suck because they are always the same, here's your chance to, in a small way, uh, try and change that, to persuade people that it's actually worthwhile to do a good story that is in a totally different genre than we've seen before, but at the same time, it's very relatable. And how much are y'all hoping, uh, you know, to to crowdfund and and what what's the budget of this film? Yeah, the average Malaysian film tends to be about one million ringgit. Right. Uh, we are we are aiming for three hundred thousand, which is uh, on the low side, of course, because we want to make sure logistically uh, things can be kept to a minimum. Uh, so there are no huge scenes. There are no huge battle scenes and all that. Uh, so that's how we try and contain the cost. Because um, Kuman Pictures, also our philosophy is we don't make expensive movies. We mm-hmm. never spend more than half a million. Because, uh, you know, we want to explore the idea that you don't need actually that many actors. But you need a few good actors uh, to right. do something really good. Now, Ken, Ken I want to ask you about, about your creative approach approach when it comes to this film um, as a director how do you strike that balance between um delivering uh, and ensuring that you know that because f- especially for a film like this you want to deliver the strong themes um you want people to start thinking about you know the subliminal messaging and, and so on and so forth but and how do you prevent it from being a TED talk where characters look into the camera and say, be a good person, don't be racist, and things like that. How do you strike that balance? 
I think the writer Lim Boon Siang has have uh, done all the heavy lifting uh, right. for me in particularly. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm I'm very happy for that. Yes, the, the film is not written like a TED talk. Right, right. So it's yeah. it's written as an action thriller where one scene leads to the other. You know, like uh, the the character's decision leads to another thing. So you do you don't have time for like like any character to like slow it down. You know, like make a half turn they look into the camera you know and deliver like a one page or two pages monologue the kind of thing it's not that kind of film so so why uh, yeah like i mentioned one of the reasons why i like this script because it's not one of those scripts this is just show 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 like wh- whatever we want to uh tell you we will just show it rather than just just tell you in words absolutely i mean how important do you think uh, how important is it for a film to strike that balance um i don't know because it's very subjective because mm-hmm. i think something us may seem preachy uh to others may seem like oh it's common sense right uh, <laughs> i know people who talk like that <laughs> so <laughs> so i think it's based on the what people bring into it into the viewing experience um so it's it's very hard to say because um on a, i think it you know if you if a film is seen by 1 million people there are actually one different versions of it right so that's what um, right. and also we have seen films that you know are, are very s- slick and very subtle but uh you know you can choose to read between the lines yep uh, or, you know for example a film i've mentioned a few times uh in in uh, various contexts is uh, top gun maverick mm-hmm. uh, a very entertaining film very good nothing wrong with it at, at all but uh, at the end of it, you wonder that, oh, what's that whole thing about invading a foreign country? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not, in, you're not in times of war. Mm-hmm. And, and and for what? And, but it, it was so slick. It was so entertaining that it became about one character's daddy issues, right? Right. So that's why <laughs> film, each film you can choose to read into it, uh, into various things. Um uh, so most people who watch Top Gun Maverick won't come away with that. I think they'll come away with, "Oh, it's a triumph of good people," you know, um, right. uh, without even thinking that. Okay, who was this enemy? They were uh, who, whose face you never see uh, compared to. So it's different from the kind of films that Hollywood would come out with, maybe in the eighties, where right. you would have right. someone dressed as a Russian and speaking Russian, <laughs> uh, and you know, for a brief period, you had you know Arab terrorist that kind of thing now it's so slick that you don't even have to see uh the other uh as it were so so i think there's there's that uh, this is a very long-winded way of, of saying that i think each each um movie is always interpreted differently depending on who watches it but me personally i, I would prefer to connect with characters and if along the way i feel something then that is good it comes through a, a mixture of you know things i have experienced uh, things I know about other people, and and that sort of comes to head when you watch the movie. So it's never just about you and the movie; it's about yeah. what you bring to it. So on that note, right? For when it comes to this film, Pendatang, what are you hoping people will take away from it? Uh, well, I don't like the word message because right. to me, the word message you're gonna send a message, you send a WhatsApp, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I think what the scriptwriter did very successfully is to show that. Humanity uh, exists within everybody, and it's it's up to you to recognize the humanity within yourself, 
and also the humanity within other people who may seem different from you. Uh, so the choice is really up to you, whether you want to break free from these inherited kind of prejudices and shackles or, or not. Yeah. Absolutely. And Ken Kin, what are you hoping that people take away from the film? Uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to entertain people. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if people, after watching it, they, they, uh, they, they feel entertained, uh, that, that is uh, first of all my goal and, and the takeaway like I mean say I think, I think it can be quite subjective but ultimately this is a film about humanity and I think it all depends on, on each viewer like how much they can take away from it right okay as we uh, slowly wind down this conversation I just got a couple more questions um, so for Amir um, when it comes to you know this film we know we know uh, you have said it's a crowdfunding y'all are hoping to raise about 300,000 ringgit. How can people support the making of this film? Where do they go? Um, um, what are the donation tiers? Um, tell us tell us all of that. Oh, what a great question. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we decided to use this very well-known platform called Indiegogo. Right. Uh, it's uh, based in America and people sort of trust it worldwide as being one of those sites that, you know, you can do crowdfunding on. So if you go to Indiegogo, just search for Pendatang. Uh, I think it's the only project there with, with the name Pendatang. And you can pledge anything from 10 US dollars, uh, which is the most common tier, or right up to, if you're feeling very generous, uh, 10,000 US dollars. Uh, so uh, there are various tiers, but uh, I think the two most... Uh, Affordable ones are ten dollars and hundred ring hundred dollars uh, right. US. The highest is ten thousand, uh, where you get to be executive producer and you get all kinds of perks. So among the perks, we will have uh, signed posters, uh, signed screenplays. We want to publish the screenplay, uh, t-shirts, uh, and things like that. Set uh, visit. The movie, yeah, set visit, um, preview screening, uh, that kind of thing. Go to indiegogo.com. And then search Pandatang. All right, then. Okay. Um, before we wrap this conversation up, Ken Kin, would you have a final message for us? My call to action for, for people would be, especially people who are not based in Malaysia. You know, throughout the years, we have many, many Malaysians who have uh, sort of like uh, left Malaysia to, to find, you know, so-called the greener pa- uh, pasture elsewhere. And, and every time, especially when it comes to... Uh, election cycles we will often like read about about how these people like you know they are, they are doing gatherings in, in their own cities uh, urging people to come and help malaysia you know like vote and blah 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 and i think this is a great campaign to bring all these uh, people together again uh when it's not election time something mm-hmm. that can you know bring malaysians together to support uh, a project that is somehow have a, have a special place in all Malaysians, I believe. And on that note, Amir, Kenkin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I was speaking to Amir Mohammad, producer of the film Pendatang, and Ng Kenkin, the director of the film. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check out the podcast on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Dashran Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.